hello to you and your canine sidekicks and welcome back to another episode of the Pup Pup and Away podcast. My name is Stephanie Garza. I am a certified dog trainer and certified canine behaviorist in San Antonio, Texas and owner of Pup Pup and Away where we specialize in pet care with a behavioral edge with our dog training classes, private lessons, boarding, daycare, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so it's the 19 days into 2022, the beginning of the year. Um, and just like any year, we have a lot of puppies, so many puppies coming out of our ears. Um, and this year is no exception. I don't know if it's because a lot of us get puppies for Christmas, um, but usually around this time, we see the biggest increase in puppy class signups, um, puppy private lessons, all that kind of stuff. So if you're in San Antonio, I highly recommend getting into our puppy class. Um, and later on in this episode, we'll talk about why my puppy class is the best one. Um, but since there's a lot of puppies floating around in my orbit right now, I thought I would cover some of my favorite puppy topics, things that any new puppy owner, whether this is your first puppy or not, um, should definitely know and definitely consider because um, if you're kind of like me and my family, you get a puppy and then uh, years later you might get another puppy and you kind of forget what that puppyhood was like. Um, but also things, you know, change just like, you know, having real babies and, you know, products out and new techniques and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, um, there's a lot of things happening in the dog training community, so there's always new techniques and different things that we're learning in better and safer ways to be up bringing up our puppies. Um, so all the concepts that we cover in this podcast are definitely going to be generalization. So if you have any very specific issues, um, please give us a call to, scather, to schedule either an in-person or a virtual lesson. Um, for example, in a private lesson, I can create a very specific training plan based on you and your puppy's current skill, le- skill level, um, your skill schedule, all those different things, um, which might be more helpful for a more successful potty training or training journey just for you. Um, so yeah, in this podcast, just basic generalizations. Um, and we also have a Facebook live session coming up with the dog guide, uh, that will be airing on Tuesday. And I'll give you guys some more information about that at the end of the episode. Um, so first up on our list, we're going to talk about bite inhibition, um, which is teaching our puppy the skill of inhibiting the pressure of their bite or learning how and when to bite softly instead of only knowing one intense pressure. Um, since puppies' teeth are sharp, <laughs> this is the best time for us to teach this skill. Um, and also because it's our dog's initial reaction for whenever there's a fast commotion or an emotional scare, your dog might turn and bite. Um, if your dog is about to run out of the front door and you grab them quickly and quite unexpectedly, this might surprise them, whoa, and they might react by turning and biting your hand. Or if your dog has just been injured and you're trying to manipulate or investigate the injury, it's not uncommon for for any dog, even the sweetest dog, to turn and snap at somebody who's doing that um, because they're in pain. So in any of these cases or even similar ones, it's really important for your dog to know how to react this way because it's kind of a kind of like a, an instinct or um, what are those called? Uh, like when you hit your knee and like your 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 leg pops up, you know, kind of one of those really quick reactions that you have when you don't think about it. And I want your dog to be able to have that reaction and still have the i the ability to not cause harm to you. Um, so to teach this skill when you guys have your puppies, I want you to sit down um, for your play session with your pup and I already want you to have lots of toys around. A common mistake that I see a lot of people doing is they'll sit down with their puppy to play with them or pet them. Um, their puppy starts to bite and then they go and they grab the, the toys and try to present the toys after the biting. Um, 
I want your dog not to get used to that. I don't want them to think, let me bite, and they bring me presents. So already have all your toys and different things that you're going to be using um, to be redirecting the pressure of their bite in your play session already. I also want you guys to be sure that you have your kennel or your exercise pen close by or be playing in an area that is close to another room that's separated by a baby gate. And then what happens is when you guys are playing, if your puppy nibbles or bites softly, I don't want you to encourage them by saying things like good boy or thank you. Um, instead, just ignore it and keep playing calmly. You know, don't get too riled up with it, but just kind of ignore it like it's not even happening. When the bite begins to get a little bit of pressure, I want you to give a quick ow. <laughs> and one of two things will happen. Both my guys kind of jumped up. Um, one of two things will, will happen. Either your puppy will stop suddenly and, whoa, I'm so sorry, and, and calm down. Um, and if that's the case, I would like for you to respond by, thank you so much, good boy, good girl, whatever, and then continue playing. The other option that might happen when you give your ow, uh, the other reaction might be that your puppy gets really excited and they might bite harder or they might jump at your face because it really just riled them up. If that's the case, I want you to very quickly and very quietly and calmly pick your puppy up, put him or her in the kennel or in the pen or behind the baby gate, and I want you to turn your back toward, towards him or her and ignore them for about three to five seconds. If he is quiet and calm, let him back out and start the process all over again with your play. Um, what we're trying to do here is immediately take away your puppy's opportunity to continue to play with you if he makes inappropriate decisions. Um, so basically if he bites really hard, you lose the opportunity to play with me, your favorite playmate. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the immediate consequence. The immediate consequence for biting and not calming down is the removal of play. Um, if it's, uh, and, and it's very short because your puppy's not in there thinking, oh man, I really messed up. I shouldn't have bit really hard. That's why I'm in here. It's all about the immediate consequence and the repetition, enough repetition so that way your puppy can realize, oh, it's when I sink my teeth into her hand that I get separated from her for just a quick second. Um, so there's that's one thing, right? Now there's something else that might be, your, your timeout should be super quick and super immediate and lots of repetition um, to definitely help drive home the idea that it's the biting, that there is a negative, meaning I'm taking something away, punishment, I'm trying to decrease the likelihood of your biting. So that's technically considered a negative punishment. And then we let them out and trial over again and lots of repetition. Um, if at some point, if it gets to be a little bit too too much for you, your dog's just really over escalating, um, that would be maybe, okay, I'm going to put you in your kennel. Here's a bully stick or your frozen Kong. You need to chill out right there and just kind of calm down for just a second. Um, but as much as possible, we do want short, frequent timeouts that are immediate consequences to the biting. Next, let's talk about the importance of socialization before your puppy is fully vaccinated. Now, this might be the complete opposite of what your breeder or your vet may have told you because yes, that's kind of an old school way of thinking of do not let your puppy out of the house. Don't even let them potty outside the house until they are fully vaccinated. 
One, that sets us up really badly to correct potty training habits when they're older. Um, But two, socialization when your puppy is so young is so important. So um, I'm going to read a a piece of an article by the American Veterinary Society of Animal Behavior. These are vets who are also taking into consideration animal behavior, right? Both of the worlds combined. Um, They have a web, uh, a little like PDF um, article that's talking about the importance of puppyhood socialization. And they say it so well. I'm going to read a couple of sentences that are, you know, the first few sentences of that article just to kind of prepare us. So the primary and most important time for puppy socialization is the first three months of life. During this time, puppies should be exposed to as many new people animals, stimuli, and environments, and can be achieved safely and without causing overstimulation manifested as excessive fear, withdrawal, or avoidance behavior. For this reason, the American Veterinary Society of Animal Behavior believes that it should be the standard of care for puppies to receive such socialization before they are fully vaccinated. Because the first three months are the period when social social ability outweighs fear, this is the primary window of opportunity for puppies to adapt to new people, animals, and experiences. Incomplete or improper socialization during this time can increase the risk of behavioral problems later in life, including fear, avoidance, and or aggression. Behavioral problems are the greatest threat to the owner-dog bond. In fact, behavioral problems are the number one cause of relinquishment to shelters. Behavioral issues, not infectious diseases, are the number one cause of dogs for death under three years of age. Wow. I think I just I like I love reading that. It's it's scary, right? Um, but it's also just very eye-opening. And I want you guys to consider proper, safe socialization in clean environments with dogs whose vaccination status we know and in environments that are clean and sterile for these specific reasons are your quote-unquote vaccination against behavioral problems. Um, now, I don't want to diminish the idea that infectious diseases are dangerous. They absolutely are. Um, We've, my mom got a puppy who passed away with parvo. It's, it's a very real thing. Luckily, that was years ago, um, but it's still a very serious thing. However, the, the probability that your puppy will uh, have some sort of behavioral issues from the lack of socializing as a puppy is way more probable than your dog getting parvo or distemper or something like that. So whenever we're doing socialization, I'm not saying go to a dog park. Don't do that. We want to take your dog, one, think about the environment. Is it clean? Is it sterile? Is it set up for puppies who are under-vaccinated? And then two, think about the other dogs that will be there. Are they dogs that are going to be uh, vaccinated, healthy, um, and dogs that we know are going to give really good feedback to our dogs? Because we also don't want to over socialize and have our dogs have an experience that now is scary right we don't want to have our puppy go and meet another dog who is 
Um, mean to puppies also because that can really set your puppy up to think all other dogs are scary. Um, So avoid dog parks or areas where we don't know the vaccination status or the health of those dogs visiting and find a puppy class that involves open play segments. Um, Once again, like my puppy class, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a little bit. Um, But yeah, a a six-week group class that's going to be showing you guys basic manners, but also allowing some time for your puppies to have that open play to be um, learning those socialization cues too. Like even just for us when we're growing up, um, you know, kids do some weird things. They, they blurt out some rude things and it's through experience that we understand, oh, saying this or that is really rude or pointing is rude and indoor voices versus yelling and different things like that. All those things come from experience and our dogs have to pick those things up too. Uh, they do get a lot of really good information from littermates and definitely from mom, which is why coming home no earlier than eight weeks is really important because mom does do a little bit of work for us. Um, but especially as they grow into that teenager stage or become more exploratory, we definitely still want to make sure that our dogs are used to meeting new people, meeting new dogs. Um, how do I interact with those things? Learning that socialization skill. And I don't want you to think that it has to be Um, getting our dogs like, oh my, there's a whole list. Like my dog's never seen a fan before. My dog's never seen a trash can before. My dog's never seen roller skates before. The idea here is that we're introducing them to lots of different stimuli to help them get used to interacting with new things and not thinking that new things are scary. It's really about building your dog's ability to have what's called bounce back. And bounce back is your dog's ability Uh, ability, excuse me, your dog's ability to see something new, maybe, what was that? But then bounce back really quickly and, oh, that wasn't so bad. Or, oh, let me go explore that and not carry on that fear of whatever might have just, you know, kind of spooked them a little bit. So, Don't think about it as your dog has to meet every type of person with every type of hairstyle and every different kind of object. The more, the better, absolutely. But you also don't want to overdo it because we don't want to cause stress or different things like that. So, um, but my biggest point here, I digress, is doing it before your dog is fully vaccinated. One of the biggest puppy questions that I get is, um, is it too early to, is my dog too young for me to train? Is it too early for me to train him? We just got him. Um, absolutely not. Their brains might still be developing, but your puppy is picking up on your habits, your routines, We you're accidentally reinforcing, what behaviors are you ignoring, even when you're not actively training or even when you don't think that you might be training. So I want you to start things off on the right direction. Um, get with the trainer, hopefully it's me, um, but can teach you how to watch your dog's behaviors, how to reinforce the things that you like, and how to be ignoring behaviors that you don't like because training Training doesn't just happen when you have a treat pouch on your hip or when you're telling your dog sit or down or doing repetition. Your dog is learning all the time based on your routines, what shoes you put on to go to work versus what shoes you put on to take them for a walk. Um, Your dog is learning, um, you know, if they're jumping up on you and you're rewarding it by petting them, or even if you um, are yelling at your dog to get off, that's still reinforcement because most likely your dog is jumping up on you for attention. So any attention is good attention. Um, So different things like that. It's never too early to train your puppy. So make sure that as soon as your puppy gets home, you kind of have an idea of, what is it that I'm going to allow my puppy to do? 
Am I going to allow them to be on the furniture? Am I going to allow them to jump up? Do I want them to sit before I give them their food? And start all of, start building that foundation for your dog. I have a rule that never let your puppy do what you wouldn't want your adult dog to do. And the biggest one is jumping up, right? Right now, your puppy may be a whole eight pounds and super fluffy. And when they jump up, oh my God, it's the cutest thing ever. But that sweet eight pound puppy might turn into a 65 pound German Shepherd later. And now you're going to have a really big problem when that dog continues to jump up on you. And it's really unfair for us to think, oh, well, they'll stop when they get bigger. No, we've reinforced it for quite some time. And so it's really important that we set those expectations up for our puppies now and not create habits for them that we have to break later. Um, So go ahead and start thinking about what are the rules that you want your puppy to have. Another thing that I like to explain to my clients is, of course, there's puppy behaviors, right? Uh, Potty training, you know, peeing in the house is a a puppy thing. Um, Biting, learning that bite inhibition is a puppy thing. Chewing on things is a puppy thing. So that their, their age might be a reason to why you're seeing certain behaviors. However, don't let it be an excuse because if you never teach your dog not to chew on things, even though they're less likely to chew on things as they get older, if they really love to chew on things and they find a huge value in chewing things and we don't train against that, when they're older and adults, they might still be chewing on things. So I want you guys to consider that certain behaviors, their age might be a reason, but should not be an excuse. And we should still be taking active measurements to be training against those things. All right. So our next topic is potty training, which every single one of you probably has questions about. Once again, I'm just giving some big generalizations. I can spend a whole hour with a client breaking down their schedule, giving them very specific tailored plans for their family to go through a great potty training process for it to be quick and easy. Um, But here are just some really quick tips. Um, The first thing that we'll go over is before and afters. You want to always potty your puppy before any sort of containment or nap. So if you're going to put them in the kennel or a pen for a little bit, um, if they're about to settle down for a nap, if they're napping in one of those two areas, a quick potty outside is very helpful. Um, the next one is after. You're going to take them outside after, once again, any sort of containment or nap, even if it was a quick 10-minute nap. You took them outside, even if it was a quick 10-minute nap and then they woke up, take them out again. Um, After some sort of meal and after some time drinking water and after playing. And the playing one is a little bit difficult because dogs can be going from playing to not playing to playing again to not playing. Um, But I want you to think about it as like when your dog is playing, they're distracted. When they stop playing is usually when they're like, huh. I think I have to go to the bathroom. Let me go find over here in this cool little corner and go potty over there. Um, So just being definitely really, really vigilant. I encourage you guys to write down and keep a journal. Um, And so usually I have a few different columns. One column would be the date column. The next one would be time. Next column would be for peas. Next column would be for poops. Next column would be for meal. And then the next column would be for notes. So say, for example, today is January 19th and the date column I would write down 119 and let's say at 7 a.m. I write down 7 a.m. in the time slot. Uh, My dog peed and pooped so I put a check mark in the pee and the poop column and then the notes section since we were outside I want to write outside. 
Um, we came inside and then I fed breakfast. So let's say 7.30. So the next uh, entry, I'll put 7.30 for the time. I will check mark uh, on the eat column. Um, and then I would put, you know, 50% or 100% or whatever it is. Um, say then two hours later, they poop. I'm going to write 9.30 in the time column. Uh, check mark in the poop column and then it was inside um so in the note section so this kind of gives you a chance to one figure out your dog's schedule um two gives you a chance to figure out their patterns um and three really definitely make sure that you're eliminating more of the inside notes so you'll start to see that your inside entries start to decrease the longer that you guys do it um another good thing to kind of consider too um you know Whenever your dogs are awake, they might be more active, so you might be potting them more often. Um, and kind of a nice general rule of thumb is however many months of age your puppy is, is about how many hours it should be able to hold their bladder. So if you have a three-month-old puppy, your puppy should be able to hold it for about three hours if they're not interrupted by the playtime, the nap time, and all those different things. So um, if you need to leave them alone longer than the three hours, let's just say you have a three-month-old puppy and just stick with that example. The longer than three hours, you want to put your dog in what we consider a long-term confinement um, that's big enough to have their bed on one side and then a potty area on the other side, something like a pee pad. Um, I prefer, prefer the pee patches, so the fake pieces of grass. Even better if you have, I think they're called like fresh patches. Um, it's just like, you know, a little thing of sod. Um, looks more like grass, feels more like grass. It's a little bit easier to train for your dog to go outside. Um, if you're going to be doing confinement shorter than the three hours, once again, you want to potty them beforehand, take them outside, but this would be an appropriate time for you to do short-term confinement, which would be your kennel, because most puppies do not want to pee or poop in the space that they sleep or eat in. Um, and of course, there are some caveats to that. If you have a puppy that was maybe coming from like a hoarding situation or a puppy meal, a uh, puppy mill, not meal, <laughs> a puppy mill where um, they've already lost that skill or that, you know, that etiquette of not pottying wherever they eat or sleep, um, that might not be very helpful for you. And my last potty training tip is utilize your leashes and tether your dog to either your furniture or even some people like to put like the loop of the leash to their ankle. Um, when you are in those moments when you want to let your dog have a little bit of freedom, um, you know, not be in a crate, not be a pen. Maybe you guys are watching TV together in the evenings. Still tether your puppy into your immediate area because I want you, I need for you to be able to catch any instance that your dog starts to sniff. All right, dude, let's run outside. Let's have a successful potty outside. Or if you catch your dog in the act of pottying already, so you miss the sniffing signs, boom, they're mid-squat, they're streaming, or boom, they're mid-poop. I want you to no, 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 make some sort of loud commotion, clap your hands, try to interrupt them in some sort of way, scoop them up, run outside, wait for them to finish, then yay, good boy, I like that so very much. Um, this gives your dog two very big pieces of information. One, not here, not inside, but to, yes, I like it when you go out here. Um, and it's really important to have both of those things because I don't want your dog to think that they're not allowed to potty in front of you. No, nah, man, I don't care where you potty. I just care that you potty outside. I don't care if it's in front of me or not. I just want it to be outside. 
So utilize those leashes because as much as possible, we want to catch 100% every single time that they have an accident because not that you're there rewarding your dog, good boy, whenever they're pottying out, or excuse me, when they're pottying inside the house, but it feels good for your dog. Um, if you've ever, you know, had to hold your bladder or, you know, really hold in your poops and then you finally go, it feels good to finally go. You, your body gets the relief that it needs. So any sort of pottying that your dog does, pee or poop, is going to have a little bit of a reinforcement there. So you want to be sure that you're there to counter counterproduct that um that reinforcement by then no 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 no, interrupting and then scooping them outside so coming off of the potty training tips let's move on to crate training because i did mention um crates are really are a really great important tool for us to to have potty training um you know be successful um using crates that are appropriately sized for your short-term confinement um Every once in a while, I talk to a client and they are just anti-crate. They don't want to put their dog in the crate. They think it's cruel. Um, Dogs love it most of the time. We just have to teach them that it's okay. If you think about it, your dog was born in a litter, usually. Of course, they're singletons, but usually puppies are born in at least pairs, sometimes, you know, up to eight. I don't know. There's litters of all different sizes. Um, They're with another being at all times even while puppies are getting adopted and going home they're still with mom you bring them home that's really and then you try to leave them alone like while you go to work or something like that that's really the first time that they're left alone so sometimes your dog is having a little bit of a fit not because they're being kenneled, but because they're trying to get used to being alone, okay? Um, I love crates, not just for potting time, but also there's going to be some time in your dog's life that they're going to have to be crated. If they go to the vet and, you know, some vets do a drop-off thing where you drop them off, we'll get in, we'll get to them in between their surgeries or whatnot. Or when they go for surgeries, they're going to have to be kenneled at some point. Um, if you go to on vacation and your dog needs to go to a boarding facility, your dog's going to have to be contained. Uh, if you have a dog that takes frequent trips to the groomer, guess what? They're probably going to have to be kenneled or crated. So those events alone can be pretty stressful, especially like the vet and the groomer. Take more stress off of your dog by getting them comfortable and used to the crates and kennels and loving that. Um, Even if you don't have the goal of your dog always being crated, especially once they've gone through potty training and chew training and they're no longer puppies, um, it's still a really good skill for them to know how to like the crates. My dogs are no longer crated. Um, Sully is 12 and Rishi is four and they haven't been crated in years but I still have a kennel open and available to them with a nice comfortable bed in it. And sometimes they choose to be in that versus the regular bed versus my bed versus the couch. I even catch them in there squeezing themselves in there together. Um, So it's just nice to have it open out and about. When your dog loves the kennel, it's also a really good safe space for them to go when they're feeling overwhelmed or stressed um, or uncomfortable or sick. Um, So some people like to utilize it. Like if people people have dogs that are nervous about people coming over, um, well, the kennel is a nice way for us to manage all of that 
but put my dog in a space that they know that they're going to be comfortable in, that they know they're going to be safe in. Um, so I highly encourage everyone to definitely do a little bit of crate training. Um, feed your meals from the crate. Um, make it like Disneyland. One of my favorite things to do is put a blanket in there and put uh, treats in all the folds of all of the, of the blanket and let my dog go in there and sniff it. Um, just make it fun for your dogs. My next puppy tip is set up a relationship with your vets, your groomers, your trainers, even before your puppy comes. If that's that's great. One of my some of my favorite clients are the ones that are already trying to get some training tips before a puppy comes. And that's actually one of the services that I offer is, you know, book a private lesson with me even if it's in person or virtual just so we can talk about what are all the things that you need, especially if you're a first-time puppy owner, what kind of brush, what what kind of grooming tool what should your schedule look like? What should you, do you expect when you come in or when your puppy comes home? Um, having a puppy is like having a human newborn baby. They wake up in the middle of the night. You have to be setting your alarms. And as much as possible, the more that you know beforehand, the better. Um, start talking to vets and asking them different questions. What's their, um, you know, what kind of methodology do they do they go for? Are they um, really conservative and they try to not over-vaccinate? Um, do they like to use more vaccines? Um, do they try to stick with more of like a, um, a more natural raw diet? Are they, you know, prescribing kibble it, it just whatever you want whatever however you want that vet journey to be um is definitely something that you should start to do beforehand talk to groomers hey one of my favorite things to do is talking to them and just figuring out what do you do when a puppy or a dog is stressed out what are your techniques there um Believe it or not, some vets and some groomers, you know, they're trying to get on to the next appointment. So they might do some, a little bit excessive handling to get your dog's appointment done to move on to the next one. But we really want to take the time to make sure that all of those things are going to be pleasant for your puppy because we don't want to uh, force your dog to go through something that's scary and then for that to just build over time. Um, so start setting up meeting those people so that way you can find the right person for you. So then that way when puppy comes home, you already know, you already know your trusted professionals. Um, other things too, to see if they're going to be okay with it. Hey, once I get my puppy, can I schedule some time? Um, not necessarily to meet with you, but to sit in the exam room and let my puppy smell the smells. And so I can just build positive association even before you meet him. Um, is it okay if I drop my puppy off for a little bit, maybe about 30 minutes or so, so you can just kind of hang out in the kennel while you do your grooming appointments? Um, sometimes for me, um, puppies coming to my puppy social beforehand um, or even just sitting in on a class beforehand are definitely things that I like to allow my clients to do before they make the decision um, to either sign up with me, but also just to start building that positive association with those experiences before I need to start poking you with needles or stick my finger up your butt or trim your nails or do anything like that because all of those things can be pretty stressful. And my last piece of advice that I've teased a couple of times is get your puppy into a puppy class. I am biased, of course, but I think my puppy class is the best one in San Antonio. Um, our class is a six-week class. Each class is an hour. Um, you and your puppy come for the hour. We typically have about eight to ten puppies in the class total, and it's a foundation basic manners course. So we're covering things like sit, down, leave it, loosely walking, come when called, not jumping up on people, puppy handling, um, all that kind of fun, and more, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so start setting your puppy up once again with behaviors that you like. Um, 
We also do private lessons as well. But in our puppy class, my favorite thing that we do is we work for a little bit and then we open up into play session. So I'm teaching you how to decipher your dog's body language. Um, for a lot of dogs, you know, this might be the first time that they're seeing other dogs that are not their litter mates. And it's been, I don't know, maybe about a month or so since they've seen another puppy. Um, so that can be a little overwhelming for them. The purpose of this isn't to force them to socialize, but to give them the opportunity to start coming out little by little. I have some clients that on day on week one, their puppies are hiding under chairs, but by week three, man, their puppies are zooming around and being the, the leader of the chase pack. Um, and so it's, it's really good for you guys to start figuring out what is your puppy's temperament like? Oh, they're kind of afraid of big dogs. Okay, let's do some work around there. Um, oh, my dog is, you know, a dog that likes to play a little bit too rough. Okay, let's start um, leveling out that play style. Oh, my dog's actually pretty nervous. Okay, let's start talking about that. Um, so it gives you an opportunity to see what your puppy's temperament might be, um, but also allows for them to start practicing that muscle of meeting new people, meeting new dogs, getting those socialization cues. Um, and then we also do some work in the play session. I tell everyone, okay, call your puppies to you, make them sit, calm them down, let them play again. So once we do that about a few times, then we jump into our next training exercise. Um, and so it's a nice, happy mixture of both play and train. Um, and then of course, any of the puppies in any of our puppy programs, whether they're in daycare, private lessons, or group classes, we have a puppy social, um, which is a little bit more just for funsies. So we pull out um, all kinds of different things for your dog to step on, um, different textures, different environments, different um, environmental things for them to get used to, different sounds, different toys, and it's just a big fun play session um, to get your dogs to tire out a little bit more, practice those social skills. We're available to answer any questions if you're like, hey, I don't know if this kind of play is okay. What should I do in this moment? All of those things are definitely something that we're happy to help you with. Um, but of course, if you're not in the San Antonio area, make sure that you're looking at different puppy classes. Um, see if you can sit in on a puppy class before signing up. Most places will let you do that. So that way you have a chance to figure out if it's going to be a good fit for you, if they're going to check off all of your boxes and different things like that. So those are all of my puppy tips. If there is something that you're like, man, I was really hoping she would touch on this, you're in luck. Um, so this podcast episode will air on January 20th, 22, Jan uh, 2022. Um, and next Tuesday, I don't know the, top, the, the, the date right off the top of my head, um, we are going to be joining Amy with The Dog Guide in a Facebook Live puppy question and answer series. Um, so we encourage you guys to either visit our Instagram, pup, pup, and away, S-A, um, DM us your puppy question. You may also find the dog guide on Instagram as well. DM them your question. Um, anything that you want to know. So it can be a little bit more specific. If you have a question about something from the podcast, if there's something that you didn't really know, um, or if there's something that I didn't hit, um, or if you need a little bit of clarification, whatever it may be, um, send us a direct message. We will get the question and we will most likely answer it in our Facebook live time. Um, also visit the dog, for, uh, the dog guide, uh, their Instagram for more details about what time and date, but I believe it's whatever Tuesday is next Tuesday at 10 a.m. And we would love to be answering your questions. As always, don't forget the fun doesn't have to stop here. Please find us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok 
uh, and our handle is at pup pup and away sa. Um, if you'd like to become a client, we're always taking new daycare clients, training clients, and boarding clients. We would love to meet you and your canine sidekick. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, if you're enjoying this episode, please share it with your friend. Uh, we usually have our own post on our Instagram. Please share it from there if you don't want to create your own post. Um, the number of episode listens is ticking up each week, and that makes me very happy. Um, I also would love any of your feedback, so feel free to like rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, but also feel free to get in contact with us via Instagram. Give us your suggestions. Give us your feedback. Uh, let us know what topics you'd like to hear. And of course, if you're ever so inclined to really positively reinforce me, we also have a link in the show notes for some monetary donations. Uh, a little bit of something, something is better than nothing and definitely helps to uh, motivate me to continue to work on this podcast for you guys. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic evening or day or whatever time you're listening to this too. And I can't wait to talk to you guys in our next episode.